You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen! It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak show. This is episode 202, brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at MichaelKistNFL. That's K-I-S-T. As always, joined by the best doggone co-host in the game, Mr. Tenure Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. Ben, how you doing, brother? Like every day is a good day to be alive. Uh, first short week of the year. Forgot how much this sucks. How there's too many things. There's too much going on. We just got the film, and oh, if only it was Sunday, I would know exactly what the final score would be. But alas, it's Thursday, and that's why I'll have no idea what the final score is. It has nothing to do with the complete impossibility of predicting anything the Eagles do this entire year. I've never felt more wanted than in a short week. The media, and I'm not even trying to brag, like the yeah, media yeah, sure, requests sure, are sure, like, sure, 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 yeah, 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 you got 15 minutes here, you got 15 minutes here. I got no time whatsoever for anybody. I'm stuck here basically recording and editing with you guys all week, trying to catch up with this doggone and short week. you love it. I do. I mean, yeah, do. it could be a lot worse. I could be, you know, at my old job, just having my soul sucked through my butthole. Anyway, so what we're going to talk about today is we're going to get into this Thursday night preview with the Eagles and the Giants. Just a blockbuster event, can't miss type of stuff. Uh, ben, first, before we get into that, I, I was telling you about this poll that I'm running on Twitter right now. And the poll is basically, and it applies to any NFC East team fan, do you really want your team to win the division. And it's it's close, man. And you understand, like, I have a lot of Eagles followers, so this is probably mostly Eagles followers. There are some Cowboys in there as well. But 54% say yes, they want to win the division. 46% say nice. no. 46% say no. Ben, where are you? I know we had this conversation last year, and I think I know where we right. stand on this, but where are you on this right now? I want my team to lose if I want somebody to be fired. And I don't mm. want anybody to be fired. So I don't want them to lose. I'd like for them to win, yeah. right? And I think that's one of the things about Doug Peterson is that we're now in year three of Peterson's off to a slow start. Is the seat getting hot? I'll never forget when we did the podcast last year where yeah. like somebody ranked him as a top five hot seat coaching candidate. And I was like, my G. Yeah, not no. happening this year. <laughs> right. And it's I don't. It's very clearly to me not the case again this year. So I'd like for them to win. I, I have a lot of faith in Doug Peterson. And I continue to have faith in Howie Roseman, perhaps uh, needlessly and a little bit too trustingly. But that's a different conversation for a different podcast. So yeah. because I don't want to see anybody fired, coaching staff, front office-wise, I'd like for them to continue winning. I'd like for them to make the playoffs. I think that uh, four straight playoff appearances for Peterson and for Roseman will be acknowledged as a reflection on the quality of work that they've done which i I believe they've done good work i'd like also for 
them to realize that some of the decisions they've made have made the team worse and not better. And even though they did make the playoffs, doing so while only winning seven games probably <laughs> indicates that you've got some new decisions and some improvements to make. Um, so that that's, that's a bit of a tricky balance. But yeah, I want the Eagles to win the division. I, I think that the Eagles... Uh, I believe they're small favorites right now to win the NFC East at most books, and I believe that is appropriate. Right now, they're the team in which you have to have the most faith. They're the only team that has recently played well. They're obviously mm. uh, they they don't have the major injury that the Cowboys just had, uh, and they also remain un you know uh, uh, clearly able to get the wins they need to get over the Giants and over the Cowboys, who are the only other, like you know the, the 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 amount of divisional games they have left is encouraging in terms of figuring out that win. So. With that considered, with the, the past November, December surges of Peterson considered, yeah, I'd like for the Eagles to make the playoffs. I won't be like, Super Bowl, baby! <laughs> but I'd still like to see it. When you get into like six and, and, and seven wins, especially, at least from where the Eagles are right now, th- think about what it would take to get there or not get there. To get there, you need certain things to go right. You need certain things to click. The defense has to come together a little bit more. The offense has to continue to figure things out. Carson Wentz has to continue to play well. They have to have a good supporting cast of young guys that are are maybe keepers that you can keep around. Guys like Travis Fulgham, you know. Maybe you find a, a hidden gem on the offensive line. You get a contribution from somewhere where maybe you wouldn't have even thought to look before. All these things have to go right. Would you rather none of them go right just so you can get a singular higher draft pick in the first round? I say right. it affects the rest of the draft, but... Is, is that all we're talking about here? When you can have multiple things trend in the right direction for the Eagles moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and that's the thing is like in, in, in recent memory, you can make cases. You can make uh, you know anecdotal cases for the Eagles with higher draft picks getting the players that we would have wanted them to get, right? So like in 2020, if the <laughs> Eagles <the> <laughs> had lost the division instead of winning the division and then they're picking at 17 and the, the Cowboys are picking at 21 and the Eagles get to pick CeeDee Lamb. And obviously we don't know anything about what Jalen Rager is yet. He's missed three of the last five games, right, in, yeah. in his rookie season. So we don't no, have yeah. the information we need uh, to say like, oh, this. But obviously CeeDee Lamb's been good for Dallas. There's no arguing that. And a lot of Eagles fans wanted CeeDee Lamb. Um I don't know, 2019, they obviously made the trade up for Dillard. Maybe they wouldn't have had to have trade up for Dillard. Would that have gone well for them either way? Who knows? Um, But like you, you can make those cases. But it, in the aggregate, the 12th overall pick is really not that much more likely to give you a good player than the 18th overall pick. Or mm-hmm. using the playoff analogy, right? The 18th overall pick, the 15th overall pick is really not that much more likely to get you the 21st overall pick. It is light, more likely. It is definitely there. But like without knowing how the board's going to fall in mm. October, it really just like it, it's not a super useful conversation, in my opinion. It doesn't have much utility. So I'd like to see the Eagles make the playoffs. If you're going to not make the playoffs, lose a lot of games. Yeah. If you are going to make the playoffs, <laughs> right? If that's still within the realm of possibility, which... Don't win five, right. you know, win yeah. three, it, it, win yeah. two. <laughs> it's very much in the realm of possibility, uh, you know, then, then then we'll see. And I'll be honest with you, as me being the person that I am, yes, I would thoroughly enjoy the 5-10-1 Philadelphia yes. Eagles playing the 11-5 Chicago Bears Carson Wentz versus Nick Poles, playing oh. behind a line of Luke Zariga, Sua Opeta, Brett Toth, <laughs> 
freaking Jamon Brown back. They sign him again, right? <laughs> and then, yeah, he loses to Foles 23 to 22. And then we do six whole months of talking about it. I would freaking love that because it would be stupid and it would make me laugh. I, you know, I, I'm very down for the Eagles to hold the record for the worst divisional champion to ever get in the playoffs. That would be very funny to me. Speaking of the offensive line, there there is some news. I mean, number one, the trade deadline is coming up, so obviously you have to trade for Chance Warmack to bring him back. Oh, I forgot about Chance. Remember when Chance Warmack cost like $2 million and BLG, Maybe Forever Rain, was like, this is the worst <laughs> thing that's ever happened? Lost his mind. Every time we talked about contracts, BLG would be like, yo, Chance Warmack. And I was like, yeah, man, you're right. It yeah. was a bad contract. <laughs> Two million dollars is killing him. But I mean, there is somebody out there uh, that that's a free agent now with Quentin Spain being released by the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the twenty mm-hmm. nine year old has started a lot of le- uh, a lot of games in the league and is probably better than just about all the healthy people on the on the Eagles line right now. Is that somebody that you're you're looking at for the Eagles to? take a swing on, kick the tires right. on. They did just restructure Fletcher Cox. We don't know if that was a re- regularly scheduled thing. Teams are kind of doing that right now, by the way. The Bucks did it. I think the 49ers did it with somebody else. But, uh, you know, is that someone you would like to bring in? Yeah, absolutely. Has Quentin Spain played super well? No. <laughs> is Sold. He, Sold. Is he, wait, is he markedly <laughs> yeah. better to the naked eye than Nate Herbig and... Matt Pryor slash Ramon Brown. Absolutely, yes. Quentin Spain would be an improvement. Now, it's interesting because they wouldn't have just cut him. They would have tried to trade him, right? They've traded, the Bills have traded like Wyatt Teller to the the Browns and they traded Russell Bodine and and, and they've they've moved dudes around on the offensive line before like this. Usually, so I, I'd be stunned if Bean didn't try to trade him. And if Roseman and the Eagles were interested... I'm stunned that they didn't, you know, do a sixth round pick swap. You know what I mean? Mm. Like the, for Wyatt Teller, that's what the Bills got, and now Teller's a starter for the Browns. But like, and he's a and he's a star too, yeah, he's by the way. Awesome, right? <laughs> so that all that to say that like I'm worried that the Eagles aren't going to be super interested. Now, is Spain a, a vested free? You say he's 29. Yeah. Yeah, mistaken. he's a vest. Yes, he's a vested veteran, which means mm-hmm. he's not on waivers. So it's not like you know the Jets right. get the first crack and then the Falcons. No, it's he can sign with whomever he'd like to sign. Like with Bell, yeah, yeah. So I imagine the Eagles will have a hat in the ring there at least. Um, but I'm not sure the interest is super high because I would have imagined that the Eagles would have been willing to facilitate a quick trade for Quentin Spain, and then we could have talked about them being buyers or sellers in the trade market. Not the most aggressive move in that scenario, but yeah, we (laughs) could definitely argue about that all day. Look, if they're buying some reinforcements at offensive line, I'm like, you know me, I kind of want to be a seller, but like, brother, it comes a point where you got to protect your quarterback, right? Right, Exactly. Jamon Brown nearly (laughs) got Carson Wentz murdered on multiple occasions. Like, if your number one priority is Carson Wentz being the long-term quarterback, franchise quarterback for the Eagles, big part of that is health. And a big part of health is not starting Jamon Brown on the offensive line, <laughs> right? Not like Matt Pryor's playing much better. Nate Herbie got a rough one against the Ravens. Quentin Spain helps. Quentin Spain is a good investment solely because he makes it that much more likely, even if it's slight, that Carson Wentz survives the 2020 NFL season. And that's yeah. 
pretty important. 100%. All right, so we hit a couple talking points before we get into this uh, quick preview. Uh, again, short week, so it's going to be a bit of a shortened show. And, of course, BGN Radio has got you covered with their with their uh, hour-long show, The QB Factory. We reviewed, previewed Carson Wentz coming into the week. We also talked about some Daniel Jones. So I wanted to make sure that uh, Ben got some airtime. Ben's always got great notes, as as you noticed from the Solak and Solak show from uh, oh, last Oh, wow. Week. Now we're complimenting the Solak and Solak show. How interesting. Well, you can't really criticize something when it's dead. You know, that's just kind of uncouth. Yeah, you, Mike, notably respectful <laughs> of, like, things deserving of it. Yeah, Mike, respecting the deceased. Okay. So coming into this thing, uh, the Eagles are four and a half point favorites, I guess. Uh, the over-under is set, sure. at, uh, <laughs> set at 45. That's according to DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, ben, this is the 30th and the 31st overall DVOA teams going at it. The Giants just a tick above the Eagles, but the Eagles, of course, playing better, especially offensively lately. What's your major feel on this game? Do you feel like it's a close one? Do you feel like it's a blowout? Where where are we going with this? How many Giants starters on defense can you name? Dalvin Tomlinson. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not right. I, I, I'm half screwing with you. I'm not like, trying meant me to put you on the yeah. spot at all. The point here being that this defensive line is what you would expect it to be. Got Dalvin Tomlinson, got Dexter Lawrence, got Leonard Williams, got BJ Hill. They mm-hmm. stop the run. Big guys in the middle. It's great. Everything else. Just run outside, pass the ball. <laughs> isn't as good. Yeah. Uh, they were starting Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane Zimenez at edge, along with Kyler Fackrell as well. O'Shane Zimenez is now on injured reserve. Lorenzo Carter is out for the season with the Achilles. So now Kyler Fackrell is their primary snap getter at edge. If you've watched Kyler Fackrell before, he is not a good pass rusher. Former uh, Packer baby, he is yeah. not good, yeah. Marcus Golden is now a big part of the edge rotation as well, uh, who oh. they brought back on the extended like second round tender or something. I don't know. They brought him back on some yeah. sort of tender. Uh, he's a decent pass rusher. He's a really bad run defender. Uh, and that's why they didn't really want him in the building anymore. He didn't really fit the Joe judge, you know, got to defend the run sort of a thing. Starting linebackers, Blake Martinez. Uh, if anybody, again, uh, ex Green Bay Packer, ex Mike, Mike Patton, great. This is the ideal guy you want to see on the opposing defense. If you want to throw the ball. Yeah, the second level, which the 100%. Eagles have really been struggling to do. They've been struggling to get Zacherts open. They're, you know, between the hashes, intermediate targets have totally gone out the window with all the injuries that they've dealt with. Kyler Fackrell, excuse me, Blake Martinez, he's a solid run defender. He's a good field defender. He's just atrocious in, in pass coverage. They're now spelling him with Tay Crowder, uh, who had the big fumble return for the touchdown. Tay Crowder is, I want to say... I'm pretty sure he was Mr. Insignificant, uh, you know, 256th overall pick in 2019. That sounds uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a jag middle linebacker, you know, Georgia product, just, you know, sound guy, but athletically is not much, instincts-wise not much. Defensively, James Bradbury is going to put the clamps on Travis Fulgham. James Bradbury has been nice. playing outside of his mind. Really, yeah. really impressive. I'll be honest, I was big, you know, James Bradbury is a good corner, but... All those Julio, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans reps really show you that he can't really be a star covering corner. Right. And then it turns out when he left that division, it's easier to cover star receivers when they're not Julio Jones, Mike Evans, and, and uh, Michael Thomas. Like He's had a great game against Allen Robinson. He had a good game against Terry McLaurin, so on and so forth. Yeah, he's allowing a uh, 69.9 passer rating when targeted. I mean, he, he really is calling. And 
Like, it's a bit not knowing who's starting for them, but if there is one guy that's really, really balling and was a great, you know, uh, uh, sign for them, it definitely was Bradbury. So, you got him. Logan Ryan is giving them exactly what they bought as well when they signed him, which is uh, good blitzing safety, good willing run defending slot corner, Mm -hmm. cannot man cover for his life, and has (laughs) not been able to do so for the last couple years. Uh, they, they, They play him predominantly in the nickel. Uh, you know, he's he, he's their base safety, and then they rotate him down the nickel. They do the same thing with Julian Love. And then their opposite corner is, like, Darnay Holmes or Ryan Lewis. Corey Ballantine is injured. What it's, about Yedem? Yedem. Isaac Ye- 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 Do you want to know, or do you want to keep guessing? I'm going to keep guessing. <laughs> Yedem. Yedem. Yeah. Isaac Yedem, who, <laughs> man, I hate this. He was a third-round pick out of Boston College by the Denver Broncos. I want to say it was the same class as Brendan Langley, so it was 2018. I don't know why. Why I hate the fact that I'm becoming this guy who knows these things. Anyway, they (laughs) really... He was a Senior Bowl guy, too, so like those guys kind of stick in your memory. Well, they do for you because you go to the Senior Bowl. (laughs) You don't. No, I'm, I'm you're saying, there. I, I know. I'm saying, I'm saying, like I like I have the draft like all year round. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, like yeah. the Senior Bowl guys stick out to you because because we'll be together this year. You're like, who is that kid? I'm like, that's Isaac Eaton. <laughs> Those are the first guys I see. You're right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> um. So they're they're uh scraping the barrel there for corners. Uh, this long exposition on the Giants' defense to say that defensive coordinator and his name I actually don't know how to say Lou Anarumo is sure. just yeah. <laughs> Or no, no, wait, wait, that was, that was last year. This year it's Patrick Graham, I want to say. Yeah, 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 Patrick Graham. That's such a basic name. I've, I've never yeah. heard of Patrick Graham. Lou Anarumo was their DC last year. Uh, Patrick Graham, right, this year. He was with the Dolphins. Now he's the DC uh, and assistant head coach for the Giants. Is out here running a bunch of two-gap stuff that is not, you know, indicative or helpful of the pass rush at all. The mm-hmm. Giants right now are, I want to say, yep, they're still 32nd in team pass rush win rate. How are you with the Lions? They don't even they, try there. They're 31%. The Lions are 32%. <laughs> Lions are 31 oh. overall. Giants are 32 overall. Oh, now, wow. That's bad. Yeah. L- listen, the <laughs> bottom six teams in pass rush win rate include the Giants, the Lions, the Patriots, mm-hmm. the Packers, and mm-hmm. the Bengals. So all of these, like, so a lot of, like, Belichick inspired defenses, right? And then the Titans, where are the Titans? Oh, Titans are 22nd with the Javion Clowney. Yeah, this is nuts. These yeah. Belichick defenses do not want to pass rush. Anyway. Well, they're missing Dean Pease in Tennessee, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. They are not getting after the passer with any success. They are not running the games that Baltimore and Pittsburgh have. Mm-hmm. The Eagles will be able to block them more successfully with six than they have any defensive line so far this year. Definitely in the past two, three weeks. Coverage-wise, they can take away your top receiver, which is bad news for, yes, Travis Fulgham. But the Eagles mm. don't really have a top receiver. They do, Travis Fulgham. Are they, you going to shadow Are you gonna shadow Fulgham? With, with, with James Bradbury? I mean, like, what? Like, you're going to leave him on John Hightower? There's no reason. Right. Uh, the Eagles are going to be able to uncover from the slot fairly easily with guys like Hightower, with guys like Greg Ward, with Zach Ertz, who's not playing, with Jason Kroom and, 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 and Akeem Butler and the guys, the, the flex-wide tight ends that they have that put out on the field. They're going to be able to throw the football. Even with the injury to Zach Ertz, they're going to be able to throw the football with success. Deshaun Jackson comes back. That's an mm-hmm. extremely interesting conversation about does Bradbury get him or not. Uh, Jackson's absolutely going to be able to take the top off this defense. Julian Love is their free safety. He does not have free safety range. This is a very, very bad unit that the Eagles are going to be able to throw the football against. Carson Wentz coming off of what I believe to be his best performance as a passer against the Ravens yeah. is going to have, I think, his next 
season best game against the Giants. I'm confident the Eagles putting up points. Yeah, their defense isn't like terrible. It just doesn't do anything. It's like you get a poke it with a stick. Like, no, they don't it's terrible. Badly. I don't know who's saying their defense is not terrible. I'm I'm saying when you look at like the the, the analytics, like they're 17th DVOA. Like that's not awful, but they just have like no pass rush. They aren't giving up the type of explosive plays that they used to give up, like the 40 plus yarders with as much frequency. They are still bad. Don't get me wrong. It all looks bad. It just it's not really bearing out in the analytics yet, which is which is interesting. And I think the Eagles will be able to take advantage of them. I would put ungodly sums of money down that the Giants end the year worse than 17th DVOA. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. 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 yeah, that, yeah that's yeah. surprising to me. It's probably like I mean, they've gotten banged up on defense. So that probably the film I've watched is them worse than they were to start the year. There's no schedule adjustment yet either until like a week eight or something like that. With right. DVOA, and they've played, so right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've played some pretty milk toast offenses. Um, right. So if you look at Eagles offense against this giants defense, the matchups that you want to target are whoever you've got against corner two, who from what I'm understanding from their injury report is probably going to continue to be Ryan Lewis. You got a hundred percent of the snaps last week. Sure. Right, I don't see, yeah, COVID opt out for Sam Beal. He's not coming back. Madre Harper's not coming back. Like, or not, uh, Corey Valentin's not coming back, so Madre Harper's on there. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be Ryan Lewis again. That's a tremendous, whatever matchup that is, even if it's John Hightower, that's the wide receiver you want to be looking at. Tight end-wise, it's very interesting to think about what the Eagles are going to do. This is a team that screams 12 personnel in the Eagles' mm-hmm. typical packages because they do not have a tight end takeaway guy. If it's Logan Ryan, it's your advantage. If it's... Blake Martinez, it's your advantage. If it's Tay Crowder, it's your advantage. Can the Eagles go 12 personnel with Jason Kroon, Hakeem Butler, and Richard Rodgers? And why right. would they? Why, right. like, is why, that better than why would they? Teams? Why were they going 12 personnel with Zach Ertz and Richard Rodgers? All right. They've stayed the <laughs> league's leading 12 personnel team despite Goddard going down, despite the fact that they're not good out of 12 personnel this year. Now, are they good out of 11 personnel over the past few few weeks? No. John Hightower. Travis Fulgham and Greg Ward was your 11 personnel set with Deshaun Jackson potentially back. Let us pray that they main 11 personnel against the Giants, because even then you're still getting matchups in in, outside and in the slot that you want. Um, So Mm -hmm. whoever the Eagles have gotten the slot, avoiding James Bradbury is going to be the name of the game. I think we're going to see a heavier quick game approach as well. The Eagles really stepped away from their empty passing game approach in the first half against the Ravens and then started to lean into it more when they were behind in the second half. This is not the first time this season that they've kind of stepped away from that early and then had to rely on it late. I'm hoping that they bring that more so into the early packages. We've talked about the fact that the Eagles are really struggling to get Carson Wentz going in rhythm in the first few drives. Took the Steelers three drives, took the Ravens like five drives for the Eagles offense to like get primed and woken up. You go empty, no huddle to start. That's going to get your offense kick-started, I think, in my opinion. That, that I think is where Wentz is going to be the most comfortable. So that's what I would like to see in the offensive approach. God, if they run the football, we got to murder somebody. This offensive line is horrible. This defensive line is one of the best run-blocking defensive lines in the league. There's no Miles Sanders anymore to make it right. If they come out with a first and 15 run to Boston Scott, I'm going to throw something through the television. This is a let the Bronco buck game, baby. you got to let Carson Wentz throw the football here. This is your best opportunity so far this season to really get him right. Really get him a good game. Mm-hmm. Let's freaking do it! Come on! Or just establish the suck, whatever, whatever you want. Peter said, "Man, just get it done." Uh, yeah, just Eagles the ball are still around. like top ten in neutral situation pass rate too. Like they're still passing at a higher click. Yep. It's just like this should be the game that yeah. they really go for it. Really go Uber with it. Okay, we'll flip sides of the ball when we come back here on the Kissed and Solak Show. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is 
you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200, or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. We're back here on the Kist and Solak Show, episode 202. SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation, bringing it to you. Michael Kist here with Benjamin Solak. We are previewing the Giants and Eagles. Blockbuster Thursday night football. Again, get your popcorn. This is going to be exciting. Uh, look, <laughs> let's flip sides of the ball. Let's go. Let's go with the uh, Giants offense against the Eagles defense. And uh, look, this Giants offense stinks. I think they're ranked uh, 32nd overall in DVOA, and that actually Healthy. does match what you see on film. The offensive line is terrible. Like, Kevin Zeitler used to be good. He doesn't look nearly as good as I remember anyway. Uh, Matt Peart came Peart. in. Peart? Yeah, had a it's a weird he, one. It looks like Peart. I think Peart. he had a decent game last I mean, he looked better than uh, Andrew Thomas Dude, has looked at any listen, point in the season. As somebody who was super high on Matt Peart, really pleased to see how he performed against yeah. Washington. Mm-hmm. Do not ask me where I had Andrew Thomas ranked. It does not matter. I've Correct. known about Peart. <laughs> I was good on Peart, baby. I liked Peart. I knew it. I was plugging Peart all over national radio in the lead up to the draft. So that's what I'm sticking with, too. Do not look at my Andrew Thomas ranking. But yeah, I like this two to three projections. Just anyway. ignore completely. It's totally fine. Uh, the rest of the line, Will Hernandez, you know, not taking that next step. Cameron Fleming is an absolute mess. Uh, and Daniel Jones is holding on to the ball. 2.77 uh, seconds average, like we talked about on the QB factory. They're not able to get the first read open. Uh, I've said before about Daniel Jones. He has to turn down his car stereo to read street signs. That's, such, so, that's, like, when he... so, that's really good, but it's really mean, but it's really good. 
<laughs> like the guy get when he gets to when he gets bogged down in his progressions, he just becomes just a, a blind idiot in the pocket. It's very he's a turnover machine on top of it. And this offense has been completely undone by losing a running back. And if that happens to your offense, you had way bigger problems to begin with than just that. I mean, and they did when Saquon was there. I mean, remember what was it? The the ten carries or sixteen carries for six yards against the Pittsburgh Steelers? They couldn't block anybody. They can't block anybody, and they can't throw the ball. They can't run the ball. This offense freaking stinks. If Darius Slayton goes off for 150 yards and two touchdowns, I'm going to lose my effing mind. Okay, but Darius Slayton's pretty good. Yeah, true. Right now, so yeah, so Darius Slayton, <laughs> who was a fifth round pick last year, this is his second year. He markedly leads the Giants in targets. Uh, he mm-hmm. leads them in yards per route run. He leads them in routes attempted. He leads them in yards per, per target. It's all great. He Slam came up. off against Washington, right? In, in the Washington game, he was coming off his best performance. In, in week five, he had, against the Cowboys, I want to say 11 targets, over 100 yards. He had a touchdown. Just his best performance of the year. And so it was like, all right, Giants versus Washington. Here we go, baby, week six. And they gave him four targets. <laughs> Once again, it led receivers, right? Because yeah. Golden Tate only got one, Austin Mack got one, and CJ Board, who CJ Board is a real person, got three. They don't really have anything besides Slayton, and they continue to give him just a, a an even share. Like it's like, all right, he's our leading receiver, and then we're also going to make sure CJ Board gets three targets. Don't right. really understand what's happening there. Continuing on the list of things that I don't understand, Evan Ingram has the lowest. <laughs> Yards per target. Which is crazy. Any tight end. All he does is running curls. Why? Why? In the league. Was this the, was this the big slot revelation that the, the revolution that was going to take the league when we imagined him coming out? We Wait, do you remember? Him. You remember when Evan Ingram came to the combine? Yes. 6 3, 235, ran a 4 4 2. Like, I do lost do? my mind. <laughs> he comes out, he's the Giants, and he's like always been used a little bit more as a yak guy than I thought mm. was appropriate. And then Jason Garrett got involved. And he's like, ah, oh, yes, I know what to do with you. The Jason <laughs> you're, Witten plan. You're it's Jason Witten. What are you doing? He has, so Evan Ingram has 0.86 yards per route run on the season, despite the fact that he has 206 routes run, ran routes. He's run 206 routes, which is like top 10. Yeah. So this puts him, his, his company is Jack Doyle, Harrison Bryant, Greg Olson, Ryan Izzo, Dan Arnold, Drew Sample, and Zach Ertz. So, like, that's a bunch oh. of names you don't know. And then a name of a dude who's <laughs> really been bad this year. So, they just, they, so passing it wise, okay, so we're, 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 we refuse to feature Darius Slayton. He, he does some really nice stuff for us, but then we're just going to randomly take him out of the game plan. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. We also are not going to have Evan Ingram go deeper down the field. We're going to make sure that we get Golden Tate his five targets per game, Ugh. all of which... You know, Golden Tate, like, you know, Yak over expectation king is not that guy anymore. He's getting older. Mm. They lose Sterling Shepard. They put in Damian Ratley, who, in my opinion, is a better vertical receiver than a slot receiver. They play him in the slot. Yeah. Nothing for it. This offense weaponry is being massively underutilized. So you look to the offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett. You look Mm. to the quarterback, Daniel Jones. You try to Mm. figure out what and why. Garrett is out of ideas. He's not running anything. No, there's nothing. He lost his head coaching job in Dallas. Got the offensive coordinator job in the Giants. And like the stress is off, dude. Like if your offense is bad, like, okay, you're going to get fired. Whatever. You've already been fired. It's not like in Dallas anymore. Jerry Jones breathing over your neck. You can try something. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Everything is West Coast. Stick spacing. It's, it is what you build your zone coverage 
to beat is what Jason Garrett runs. It's everything that you know. It's everything that's familiar. And then Daniel Jones, who I bought a little bit of Daniel Jones stock Same. as a passer coming into this year. So I was like, he's throwing the ball pretty well. I don't know what they to have him look at. I don't know what yeah. they think he's doing. Let it, either let him let him be Derek Carr and yep. just throw everything first read check down like a little panic boy. Right. Or let him be 6'4", 210, whatever he is, able to move, able to run, take him out of the pocket, let him extend plays, push the ball down the field. Josh Allen type stuff, right? Right. Yeah. But they he he they give him three concepts, like a, a three route com- three man route combo that breaks all within twelve yards, and they're asking him to hold the ball the entire time in the pocket. <laughs> what is he reading? Like if you're gonna right. choose, choose. If you're not gonna choose, at least send somebody deeper. At least give yourself some space. There's no spacing. It's all so cramped, and Jones is so indecisive. And, yeah. okay, if you had, like, a Ben Roethlisberger, maybe. Jones is the worst dude in the world to keep in the pocket with the ball. Yeah, He's 100%. the only, like, like if you think Carson Wentz is bad in the pocket, watch some Daniel oh. Jones film. Yeah. Right? He just loves inviting pressure, and he never takes care of the football. There is nothing intuitive there's nothing when we talk about the McVay and the Shanahan offenses this builds off of this builds off of this oh here's here's Arthur Smith in Tennessee in the play action game off of Derrick Henry and here's Matt LaFleur two back sets the 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 word for the Giants offense is it's disjointed they have a bad offensive line that they asked to pass protect for too long they have a good first read quarterback that they asked to read for too long and they have bad receivers who they don't ask to space there's nothing here it is broken it's disjointed it's nothing and that's why the Eagles shouldn't give up more than what? I don't know, 13. Like, if they give up 20 points to this stinking offense, the defense is seriously broken. Right. They well, got by nothing the, yeah. going on. By the, same, by the same token that you expect the Eagles to step up in a divisional game, <laughs> you should expect the Giants to, right? The Giants yeah, are coming like, off their first win. Come on, man. Right. Put, Slay on, put Slay on Slayton, right? Cancel each other out, whatever. Make that go away. What do the oh, Giants have outside of that? I can't wait to make a Slay Slayton joke. It's going to be really bad, too, on Thursday okay. night. It'll be a good time. You, right. You, you cook that up. <laughs> the Giants have scored more than 16 points on offense once so far. You had to year. go down to six. <laughs> Only once? I thought you did that to make it like a bigger number. No. <laughs> Only so once? They scored 16 against the Steelers, 13 against the Bears, 9 against the Niners, 9 against the Rams, 34 against the Cowboys, which, <laughs> man, that should tell you what you need to know about the Cowboys defense. Uh, and then they, they have 20 points against Washington, but obviously they had the fumble return for the touchdown. Uh, yeah. So offensively, they put up 13. That sounds about right. Yeah. So that's what you're looking at for this team. And I think while they're, they're identity-wise, have like figured out some stuff. And I think Jones has got some chemistry stuff that he's working with a little bit better. Like, obviously, the Slayton game against the Cowboys being a good example. The injuries, no Sterling Shepard, no Saquon Barkley. Uh, you know, Devonta Freeman's got no juice at all, right? Sitting Andrew Thomas. Like, this this team's still also lacking for talent. So, yeah, I would say that the benchmark they're looking at, I mean, you know, Steelers, Bears, Rams, they played some good defenses. But they should be expected to score middle teens. You should you should not expect the Giants to score more than sixteen points. This is finally a team the Eagles might be able to match up man to man with and be successful. Which mm-hmm. I said that about the Ravens and it didn't happen. So maybe I should stop saying that. But you should expect that in this case. Yeah, and the defensive line should be able to eat. I mean, there's no reason that they shouldn't. And when they do that, they can they can really take over a game defensively, and that should happen here. I mean, I've got it twenty four to eleven, Eagles. Eleven? Joe Judge going for a little two pointer. 
Yeah, throwing a two point in there for someone. I was trying to work the math out in my head. Like, what's the exact scenario where we would have to go for two? Screw it. They're going to score 11. The Eagles are going to score like 23 or 24. They're, they're going to get the two point conversion. It's going to be weird for a second, but then the Eagles are just going to pull away. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I'm seeing out of this game. I don't know about you. I have never been uh, least looking forward to a divisional game than this one. Like, this one I'm just so seems excited. like it has. The Eagles I know, offense I, might look good. Right, which is which is great. That sounds great, right? But it's also like embarrassing. Like if the Eagles don't do all that great and they just like fart in the first half and like the world is watching, it's like that transitive like embarrassment that you feel. You know what I mean? Like it's not, and it's not exciting to me beating the Giants. Like period. It's just, it's just not. Like it should uh, be a gimme win. It's okay. Listen, we are one, four, and one. I'm going to get excited about a win. Just a gimme win over here. That's a contributing factor in it. We we shouldn't be what we are. We are at this point. We got half the fan base doesn't want to go to the playoffs, Ben. Like, come on. I still want to go to the playoffs, or at least there's that. Ben, what's your final score prediction? It's really interesting. I think that we're going to get more points. Is it? No. (laughs) I'm not here trying to provide analysis. All right. Oh, pessimistic head. Go on. The the most interesting thing for me here is how willing the teams are to not run the football. All right. So like I said, the Eagles yeah. are already, I think they're about top 10 in uh, uh, neutral situation pass rate. They're going up against the Giants, whose only redeeming quality on defense is their ability to stop the run. They're 15th in run stop win rate as a team. Losing Miles Sanders, I think the Eagles are going to throw the football a lot. And so I think they're going to score points early. The Giants are also right with the Eagles in terms of their neutral situation pass uh, passing rate. They're going against the team of the Eagles, who are third in run-stop win rate so far this year. Both teams not doing great in run-block win rate at all. The Eagles are 13th, the Giants are 16th, the right amount average. I think we're going to see a pass-happier game than we usually do from the Giants. And I think the Eagles are going to continue to be pass-happy. I think that Wentz is going to throw the football well. And I do think that the Eagles' coverage units, even if they get Avante Maddox back, are going to do what they typically do. You know what I mean? Like, we laugh about Evan Ingram getting a bunch of targets on curls. Guess who can't cover curls from the tight end, the Philadelphia Eagles? So, I think we're going to see a lot of passes. I think both passing games are going to look better. The Eagles' pass rush will make the difference here. Some big turnovers could keep the Giants' scores down. But I do think we're getting, like, a, you know, more so, like, 27-13. A lot of scoring possessions, even if we get more field goals than touchdowns sort of a day. So, I think there's going to be more points, more yardage than people anticipate. I also think the Eagles defense should be able to create some points off of uh, the, the back of an ugly Daniel Jones turnover. So maybe I'm selling them a little bit uh, uh, yeah. a little bit short there. Look forward to seeing you eat those words when Carson Wentz beams James Bradbury on an out route at his own 25 and it goes for a pick six. Oh, you think I'm guaranteeing Carson Wentz <laughs> not having a turnover in this game? Like, <laughs> brother, hey, this, he's got to go one right. without one That's for me to be confident like, about that. I'm projecting pass heavy. And I think that both passing games should have some advantages against the opposing secondaries, but also these quarterbacks can make this thing (laughs) ugly very quickly. But Wentz is playing better, I believe, baby. Yeah, so that's what you have to look forward to with the Thursday night matchup. Uh, Sorry for the the quick – is it a quicker show? I don't even even know. What what, what, what are we at? No, we're at like 37. Yeah, Yeah, you said quicker show, and then I started talking. So stop complaining, gentle listeners. Complain about Ben. Ben. Are they complaining? Apologize. I don't know. All right. I'm just getting ahead of you. We listen to you guys. Uh, No. (laughs) Thank you, as always, for listening to the Kiss and Solak show here on BGN Radio. We do appreciate you swinging by. Eagles Giants, Thursday Night Football, nationally televised audience watching our birds, baby. Division lead on the line. Who do the Cowboys play this week? Do we know? I don't even. I haven't even looked. I haven't thought about the Cowboys beyond, you know. (laughs) I I made a pick in that game for Monday Football. Washington. 
the SB Nation NFL show. It's Washington. Wow. Yeah. I'm not okay. going to watch that at all. Well, okay. What's your bet on the line, given how Dalton played against Cardinals? Wow. I'm going to say the Cowboys are still favorites by three and a half. It is in Washington. It is in Washington. Okay. Well, that's usually like three points to the home team then, right? I'm going to go, I'm going to go one point favorite for the Cowboys. I'm 98% sure that's exactly right. My keyboard died, so I cannot find this information. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to figure this out. It is exactly, yeah. One point favorite Cowboys. Look at this guy. (laughs) Come on now, son. Uh, Right. So potential loss there for the Cowboys with the red rifle at the helm, which means the uh, divisional lead is once again within grasp for your Philadelphia Eagles (laughs) against the Giants. Uh, For all of your preview purposes, as Mike said, you will find the Kiss and Solak show bracketed in your feed by all of our preview shows this week, including the BGN Radio main show with BLG and Jimmy Kemsky, May They Forever Rain. If you enjoy the feed, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever app you listen to your podcast. And of course, for the written word, please check out bleedinggreennation.com. He's been Michael Kist on Twitter, at Michael Kist NFL, it's KISD. I've been Benjamin Solak on Twitter, at Benjamin Solak, that's S-O-L-I-K. I really should have taken a breath before this. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We will catch you in the post game. We all we got, we all we need. Please don't embarrass yourselves. <laughs> don't make us look bad. <laughs> we don't want to deal with that. P-G-N. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.